everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good morning. Happy hump day to you and yours. What? What? This is RP3 and company. Halfway through the week. We're going to get you to the weekend. Get you a little bit closer. One step, if you will, closer. To the weekend. That's ahead. And we're going to do that with some great sports talk. Some great guests and a great food poll question of the day. Our foodie poll question of the week. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parsons III. Of course, I'm joined inside the studio by the mass bandit, Hannah Five Names. What we got lined up for you today? Three guests. The mad dog, Ron Higgins. My man says he's got the alarm set. He'll be raring to go. 730 to come on to talk all things SEC Media Days. He's covered the event for years, decades. He's going to share some of his favorite moments about the annual circus that is SEC Media Days. This year, it'll be in Atlanta. Of course, the game will be there. Yours truly and Matt Miguez will be doing our shows live from the College Football Hall of Fame. Mad Dog will talk about all things SEC Media Days with us at 7.30. At 8 o'clock today, Ryan Dupree, assistant fire chief for the Prairie Station Number 5 in St. Landry Parish. Volunteers are needed. You've seen the signs across Acadiana. You've seen them in St. Landry Parish. Sunset, Grand Coteau, Cankton, Arneville, Port Barry, Opelousas, and elsewhere. Volunteers are needed. Firefighters are needed. We're going to talk to Ryan about that and about how people can get involved and what they're looking for for those who may be interested in becoming a firefighter. And then at 8.30, we're going to talk about college football, how things are changing, media day season with Chrissy Freud. He'll join us at 8.30. So three great guests lined up for you today. We're going to touch on the Open Championship, which, by the way, tees off tomorrow over in the birthplace of golf, Scotland. So we have that on tap. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. And, of course, the foodie poll question of the day. But we got to start off with the Houston Astros. One of those games that gives our guy, Kevin Foote, anxiety. Strohs build up a lead. Strohs blow the lead. Strohs find a way to win it in the ninth. (laughs) The roller coaster of emotions that is sometimes watching the Houston Astros play, or rather watching Kevin Foote watch the Houston Astros play would be the better way of describing that. But the Strohs find a way as they open up a three-game set against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim last night. 
winning six to five. Now they had a four run lead in this ball game. Four runs. Four. But things went sideways on them in a hurry. They played it two in the first. Angels get one in the bottom of the first. But after the sixth inning, when they had played it two more runs after plating one in the third, they led this ball game five to one. They headed, in fact, to the bottom of the seventh inning, leading five to one. Luis Garcia was not perfect, but man, he was good. He was good. Six innings, only gave up one run, one earned, walked three, struck out seven. So he did his job as the starter for the Astros. But in the seventh inning, there was a pitching change. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, Madden come in, only lasts a third of an inning, gives up four runs, but this is the crazy thing if you're an Astros fan. None of them were earned. Oh, errors came up and bit the Strohs in the tuchus. Because Altuve singles to center. And the funny thing was, there in the sixth, Altuve hits a single that scores a runner, in particular Myers, on a fielding error. So the Astros were able to get a run by taking advantage of an Angels miscue in the field. Then came the seventh. Hit by a pitch, scores a run. Bases are loaded. You hit a batter, that plate's a run. Then McKinnon gets the single to left. That brings in two. Then they score on a pass ball by Maldonado, who's been so good behind the plate with the two, with uh, catching the combined no-hitter and handling the two perfect innings this year. But he got a pass ball on him. They score a run that way. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Woof. I could just hear Kevin Foote yelling. Come on. You're supposed to catch the ball. (laughs) If you're in the big leagues, you should be able to catch the ball. You catch the ball. How about trying to catch the ball? I can just hear him now. So the Astros implode a little bit. Things go sideways for the pitching. Things go sideways for the defense. And this game is tied 5-5. But the Strohs found a way. Altuve got on base. Siri got on base. And then Kyle Tucker, your American League All-Star, steps up and hits a double to right field that brings in the go-ahead run. And then Presley is able to come in and close it out 
striking out two of the three hitters he faced to get the save. Not great. It was ugly. (laughs) It wasn't the prettiest game by any stretch of the imagination for Houston, but they found a way. And I've said this about this team over and over again. You know you're a great ball club if things go sideways, multiple errors, putting runners on the base pass, walking in runners, pass balls, so forth and so forth. And you still find a way to win the ball game. You still find a way to win the ball game. And that's an addition of it being on the road and them not having Jordan Alvarez in the lineup because he's on the IL and still not having Michael Brantley Jr. either. So they have two starters still on the IL on the road where everything goes wrong for you in the late innings. Yet, the Houston Astros find a way to win. Six to five. Just, this is what stands out to me about them. They blew a four-run lead on the road without two of their starters, including an all-star. And still found a way to overcome that and two errors and a hit batter with the bases loaded and a pass ball and still won the the ball game. Unbelievable. Tucker came up clutch. Man, he's really kind of filled that role that Springer had, right? Delivered that tie-breaking RBI double in the ninth. And they wasted... Six strong innings from Garcia. That seventh inning was awful. Oh, my goodness. Yet, in spite of all the miscues that they had last night, they still win the game. And here's the thing. They've won four or five in 21 of 27 to move to a season high 28 games above 500. The Astros now sit at 57-29. 60 wins before the All-Star break is right there. They only have two more games against the Angels tonight and tomorrow, and then the three-game set against Oakland. And then it's All-Star break. This is going to be a 60-win team by the All-Star break. And they're not even fully healthy yet. It's ridiculous just how good they are. And look, credit Altuve to here. The veteran leadership, the former league MVP, comes up big with the great plate discipline there in the ninth inning when he led off with a walk. That's key. That's huge. Not swinging at bad pitches. He's the wily veteran, and he knows. Plus, the strike zone is kind of difficult for Jose because he's so small. Pitchers tend to, at times, struggle to find it. Diaz then singles, puts two on the base pass, and then Tucker 
a first-time All-Star selection this year, comes up clutch. Earlier in the game, Diaz had himself a two-run home run that helped establish that early lead. Alex Bregman and Altuve both had RBI singles. They bring in Hector Neris to pitch the eighth. He pitches it clean. And then Presley closes the door for his 19th save. Even when they have a bad game, minus two starters, commit two errors, walk in a run by a hit batter, score another run on a pass ball, blow a four-run lead. Yet when the dust settles sometime around midnight, because I was asleep when this game ended, and I had to wake up early to to go back and look at it because, you know, we're on the air early. <laughs> they still somehow found a way to pull out the win. The Strohs are great, man. They're a great team. And when you are able to pull these type of things off, it's phenomenal. The two teams will tussle yet again tonight in Anaheim. 8.38 is your first pitch. Christian Javier is going to take the mound for the Astros, while Shohan Otani will take the mound for the Angels. Fighting MVPs, Astros, live right here on the game. Of course, Astro launch will begin a little after 8 o'clock with Robert Ford and, of course, Steve Sparks handling the pregame, and the live broadcast call. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, the unveiling of the foodie poll question of the week. It's our poll question of the day. We're also going to see if people can follow instructions. We can. Will you? <laughs> We're going to find out. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. And, man, they find a way to win games they probably should lose, like last night's game. Two errors. Bringing a run on a hit batter. Another run scores on a pass ball. Blowing a four-run lead on the road. Yet, they pull out the 6-5 win. You want to see them live in person. You love the Astros. You want to root for the Astros. You want to experience watching them get a win in person there at Minute Maid Ballpark. Well, guess what? The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston's going to be taking on the Seattle Mariners. That's right. Five names team. Yeah, an ascending team. One of the hottest teams in baseball, the Seattle Mariners. On Saturday, July 30th. And you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score yourself four tickets 
for the ball game, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways, of course, are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston Downtown, and the Game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Astros, once again, will be back on the airwaves tonight. Game two of their series against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. First pitch, 838, Christian Javier will be on the bump for the Strohs, while Shohan Otani will be starting for the Angels. And you can listen to all the exciting action right here on the game. Foodie poll question of the week is our poll question of the day on Wednesdays. And it's a good one. It always is a good one, but this is a tasty one. It's about sandwiches. It's about sandwiches. Are you ready for it? Here it is. It's about meatless sandwiches. Sometimes you don't have meat in the house. And I'm talking to my folks out there. You know who you are. My blue-collar folks out there. I know you're listening to me. Sometimes as a kid, you don't even have bologna in the house, right? But maybe your Mimi or your grandma or your grandpa or your pop or somebody has some vegetables, right? And you can make a sandwich that way. Or you just have some cheese slices in the fridge, but you don't have any meat. Now, the go-to as a kid, of course, is peanut butter and jelly. That's the undefeated champion. We know this. PB and J is the go-to. It's the one the kids always want. Crust on or crust off. That'll be a poll question for another day. But we ain't talking about PB and J here. We know PB and J is the champ. Undisputed. But what's your go-to sandwich that does not possess meat? Not everyone can be so privileged like Steve Wiley, who's already informed me when he joins us today, that he's going to throw a monkey wrench on things because he likes sandwiches with meat. Well, aren't you Mr. Fancy Pants? Fancy Pants Wiley. That's what I'm going to start calling him. (laughs) But for a lot of us, you didn't have meat. So what was your go-to sandwich? That's what we want to hear about. Your non-meat sandwich. Obviously, PB&J is excluded in this discussion. Is it a straight-up just cheese sandwich? Maybe a little mayonnaise on that, so a slice of cheese. Maybe not even mayonnaise. Is it a tomato sandwich? Now, that's my go-to. That's how I voted. But you got to go with fresh tomatoes, people. Garden-fresh tomatoes. Okay? Got, some, got my hands on some garden-fresh tomatoes from my mother-in-law. Boy, I've had me some good tomato sandwiches in the last week. And you got to have the sandwich on the white bread. Can we just go ahead and say healthy eating wheat bread? Not not here. Not today. No, no. Preferably Evangeline made or bunny bread. White bread. Okay? Fresh white bread. Little mayonnaise. Fresh tomato slices. Little salt and pepper. Done. Boom. Tomato sandwich. Now, you could also go with the pickle sandwich, which is the same thing as a tomato sandwich, just with Pickles instead of tomatoes. Same thing. 
dill pickles. Don't be bringing butter. No, no, I, I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about that. Tomato sandwich, cheese sandwich, pickle sandwich, or is your option, which is what Steve Wiley is voting for already? None, no meat, no deal. Now, once again, PB&J has been excluded, but we're having some write-in votes. Peanut butter and steam syrup. Ooh, ooh. Steam syrup, obviously, here from Acadiana. It's not like your typical maple syrup, by the way. It's a whole different flavor palette. So there you go. I like that. That's from our guest this morning. Ryan Dupree, he's already chimed in. Peanut butter in Steen's syrup or mayonnaise sandwich with Miracle Whip. Now, sometimes you didn't have enough money to go around where your sandwich didn't even have anything else but the condiment on it. That could have been an option. I should have went with the mayonnaise sandwich. I feel like I let people down now. So that's our poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J is excluded. Can't have peanut butter and jelly. Is it a tomato sandwich? Is it a cheese sandwich? Is it a pickle sandwich? Or is it none, no meat, no deal? Right now, 60% of you say cheese sandwich. 30% say tomato sandwich. 10% say none, no meat, no deal. I do believe Steve Wiley's driving that those results. Oh, here we go. Steve has chimed in. Portobello. I don't even know how to pronounce this other word. Steve. Steve is very intelligent and cultured. He's salty. I would assume that's another type of mushroom because I know Portobello is a mushroom. <laughs> I'm producer extraordinaire. Hannah five names to the rescue. It's cheese. <laughs> It's a type of fancy cheese. It's a Norwegian cheese. Of course it is. (laughs) Drawlsburg. Steve is like (laughs) Steve is the type of cat that's going to be able to teach me stuff about how to be uh, become more cultured. Like I feel like if I went to a dinner party of some sort. Okay. If if there was like a Kentucky Derby party, like at Churchill Downs or like in Louisville for Derby weekend, and I somehow got invited, Steve would be my guy that I would reach out to and go, Steve. I'm about to go to this derby fiesta. My wife is going to dress me. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Because she would need to. Mm-hmm. Because I'd be like, well, what? I'm wearing blue <laughs> jeans. What's the problem? And white sneakers. So, which by the way, I wore on our first date and she still remembers and still tells the story. Like it was the most hideous thing I could possibly do that I wore white sneakers. Which my reply to her is like, well, I didn't, uh, you know. Stop us from smooching, smooching on the first date. So those sneakers really didn't play that much of a role. I mean, that. I mean, Kenneth and I were wearing all black. <laughs> we just came from working. <laughs> but I digress, and my wife's still sleeping. Thank goodness. So, and not listening right now. Uh huh. So salty Steve would be our guy for that. But he says, okay, portobello cheese with lettuce, tomato, and a red wine vinaigrette. See, very, very, very fancy. Very good fancy. butter sandwich. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a kid, sometimes you would have to push the meal to make it more, right? Yeah. So our go-to was always buttered bread at the yeah. table, right? So if you didn't have enough food to go around, you just add a slice of bread and put some butter on it, and there you go. Right. 
stick it to your ribs. And you feel like cool because you like take a rolling pin and you like roll out the bread to make it look like it's longer. Just so you feel like you're fancy because you're rolling it out. <laughs> fancy. Uh, I never felt fancy. John Paul Cage and Daddy says tomato with mayonnaise with a big slice of a Creole tomato can't be beat as a meatless. Oh, that is good. Good morning and back to the grind. Thank you, John Paul. Hart says, for me, it's hard to beat a good old egg cheese breakfast sandwich. Oh, now, now, now he's got sharing the gif of the hungry panda mm. in the corner. He looks sad. That Cajun says grilled cheese. Now, see, I went with non-hot sandwich, but we do say cheese sandwich, so that would apply here. Yes. Grilled cheese is really great. James Kennedy likes that answer, too. He does it with a bacon wrapped if it's like the top tier, but a good grilled cheese is pretty good good grilled cheese so there you go that's our foodie poll question of the week which of course is our poll question of the day on wednesdays what's your favorite non-meat sandwich pb and j is excluded sadly right now cheese sandwich is leading the vote with 60 percent, 30 percent for a tomato sandwich keep those votes coming keep those comments coming as well on facebook and twitter for our foodie poll question of the week we got to take a time out when we return here on RP3 and company. Ooh, man, the Open Championship. It begins tomorrow. Tees off golf's fourth and final major of the season being held in the birthplace of golf there in Scotland at St. Andrews. We're going to give you a preview of that. We'll, of course, take your phone calls. You want to talk about the foodie poll question of the week? You want to talk Houston Astros? You want to talk Open Championship, give us a holler. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You'll listen to RP3 and company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, by the way, it's simple, it's easy, it's free. So that clicks all the boxes. Heck, we even have a tutorial, a video on the website that you can click on to show you how to sign up. We make it so easy for you. Once you become a member of our rewards club, though, you're going to have the opportunity to score excellent prizes. I'm talking Astros tickets, concert tickets, station swag, and so much more, but also gift certificates to local restaurants that are going to help you with those date night blues, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse down at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score those great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. 
It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. That way we can help you with your date night blues. Help us help you. Help us help you. That's what we're here for. Don't forget to vote on our foodie poll question of the week. It's our poll question of the day every single Wednesday. We asked you, what's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J has been excluded. Right now, 42% of you say cheese sandwich. 29% say tomato sandwich. 13% say pickle sandwich. And 16% of you say none. No meat, no deal. Very aggressive. Brad on Twitter says, grilled cheese, baby. An all-American classic, two at a time. Ooh, two at a time. Two at a time. I like it. Doug says, as a kid, we lived on apple butter sandwiches. Oh, apple butter is a game changer. But my go-to now is peanut butter and blackberry preserves. And those are some good blackberry preserves. Just saying. Martin is, you know, we're having fun, Martin, with our poll question about it being about food. And you're going to try to bring in some Yankees and Red Sox stuff. You just can't help yourself, Martin. You just can't help yourself. I'm asking folks to talk about food, and you're trying to bring in Yankees, Red Sox. Don't you think there's enough conversation being had daily by national media about the ESPN East Division, as Kevin likes to call it, or the ESPN Division? Come on, Martin. Just comment on the food poll question. This is what I was talking about earlier this morning when I said, who's going to follow instructions? Martin is like my daughter. I'll go, Hattie, take the dark clothes and go put them in the hamper. And somehow on the way of doing that, she'll forget and try to do something else. That's Martin right now. Martin's like my seven-year-old daughter. There, there's an instruction. Let's talk about this. And Martin's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then he gets distracted thinking about his Red Sox. I understand. You're a diehard fan. You love your Red Sox, Martin. But come on, bud. Let's focus on the food today. Okay, let's focus on that food. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Oh, Martin. Martin can't help himself. He just can't. God bless him. He just can't help himself. Martin also says knuckle sandwich. Hashtag school of hard knocks. Ha ha. I'll take that. That's better than Red Sox Yankees talk. Ooh. Here's a good one. Someone you used to know, which is a great Twitter handle. Peanut butter and banana sandwich. I do believe that was the preferred sandwich of the king. So keep those votes coming on our foodie poll question of the week, which is, our, of course, our poll question of the day every single Wednesday. Whew. All right. Let's talk Open Championship. Better known to some people as the British Open. The Open Championship for the Claret Jug. I've told you on the air, 
that if you had me choose one golf major to attend, just one, I've never attended any of them. I've covered PGA Tour events. I enjoy it thoroughly. If I had to pick one major, that's the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, or the Open Championship, I would pick the Open Championship in particular where it's at right now this year at St. Andrews. The birthplace of golf, the rough, the tall grass, the winds, the claret jug, that's the one I'm picking. And I know for many golf fans, particularly Southerners, to say that you would pick one of the majors that's not the Masters may be viewed as the type of comment that you know, inspires a riot outside of your home. But I'm here for it. Bring your pitchforks and your torches. The Open Championship is better than the Masters. I said it. I'm not taking it back. Open Championship is this week. There at St. Andrews at the most fabled course on the planet. The 150th Open. Obviously, live tour golfers are being allowed to compete in this because, once again, it is an open championship. Just look at the name. Tiger Woods is in the mix. Tiger loves playing here. Tiger loves playing in the open championship. He's said this week that he's geared up for this, that he's gotten himself healthy, that he's prepared himself to play particularly in this tournament. The fact that St. Andrews is mainly flat helps him, especially with his ailments with his legs and his back. There won't be a lot of incline. There won't be a lot of hills for him to have to walk. So Tiger's in the field. Xander Shoffley, the world's number one ranked golfer, is in the field. Winning back-to-back tournaments. Scotty Scheffler's there. Remember, Shoffley's coming off a run where he won the Genesis Scottish Open by coming out of an 11-shot deficit after the first round. He also won the J.P. McManus Pro-Am in between. You have some other favorites. You have some sleepers. The home of golf is going to be hosting the Open Championship. The favorite to win it is your 2014 Open Champion, Rory McIlroy. Not surprising. He's usually been the betting favorite in majors or one of the betting favorites, even though he's not winning them. It's been a long time since Rory won a major. Xander Shoffley is right behind him. Rory is at plus 1,000 betting odds. Behind him is Xander Shoffley, the hottest golfer on the planet right now. John Rahm is at 1,600, plus 1,600 right there with 2017 Open Championship winner and the pride of Texas, Jordan Spieth. Scotty Scheffler is your Masters champion and U.S. Open champion. Matt Fitzpatrick are both there at 1,800. Another one to keep an eye out on, Cameron Smith. 
He's at plus 2,500. But he's been playing very well. Was tied for 10th at the Scottish Open. Tommy Flutewood is also in the mix as well. So once again, your odds, according to the SI Sportsbook, concerning the Open Championship, which tees off tomorrow at St. Andrews, the birthplace of golf. Rory McIlroy is your betting favorite, followed by Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Then it's Justin Thomas, Shane Lowry, Colin Morikawa, and go further down. Patrick Cantlay is a guy I like. So does my guy, former Chip Shots co-host and the golf pro over at the Wetlands, David Gary, likes Cantlay as well this week. Patrick's game is very good. It feels like it's suited for the Open Championship. Dustin Johnson, he's there as well. Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Justin Rose. It is a stacked field for the Open Championship there at St. Andrews. And once again, it may be, it is my favorite major. And I say that as a Southerner, which I know is, you know, once again, gets people fired up. So, of course, we'll update you tomorrow and Friday through the first and second round action. We'll be providing you with live updates concerning the Open Championship, golf's fourth and final major. Let's head out to the hotline and welcome on someone who does not follow instructions like my seven-year-old daughter, our buddy. We give him some hell. But that's because we love them. Martin, good morning, brother. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. And like I told five names just now, me and Heidi is going to be best friends because we don't follow instructions. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. But so, but, um, but it, it, it must be terrible to be a Red Sox fan because you guys never get any publicity whatsoever. It's, it's you know, you're constantly ignored by ESPN and national media. It's a shame, man. They should really put the spotlight more on your Boston team. I know one team they put the spotlight on, that's my Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, I mean, uh, Saints fans should know the feeling of not having the spotlight on them. Ah, ah, ah. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to – I promise not to mention that the Yankees lost to Louis Prejean's win Cincinnati Reds last night. I promise I won't mention it. Which you um, just did, of course. But uh, um, I have one little comment about the food question. All right, bud. What you got? when I was a little – a, a, a little Red Sox fan about knee high to a grasshopper when I go sleep at my grandma's house. She'd fix me. It was she'd put butter and sugar on a bread on a piece of uh, on a piece of bread. You fold that in half, and it was a little piece of heaven. But uh, but um, that was my my uh, my my take for the the foodie poll question of the day. And uh, that's all I got, man. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, go Red Sox. Appreciate the phone call, Martin. Enjoy your day, bud. My man, look, Martin puts his fandom first. I can respect that. I can respect that. <laughs> oh, we always appreciate Martin. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one. We'll keep taking your phone calls, of course. You know the game hotline is always open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, 
Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, is packing its bags and headed to Atlanta for SEC Media Days. Tune in starting Monday, July 18th, as both RP3 and company and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh are going to be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame <coughs> for the games live from SEC Media Day coverage presented by Bordelon Furniture. Not only will yours truly and Matt be broadcasting live, we will also be providing live updates every single day. 9.15 on Kevin Foote's show. 10.15, I've been told. Sorry. <clears throat> 10.15 on Kevin Foote's show. Footnotes, if I don't choke to death before then. And <laughs> 2.15 every day on the Jordy Holberg show. So, look, we're going to have a good time. We're going to give you lots of great content not only with our live shows, with interviews, with college football insiders and coaches, but also with the updates for Kevin and Jordy, but also behind-the-scenes stuff. You're going to have videos. You're going to have photos. Make sure to follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because we're going to be posting like madmen next week in Atlanta. So make sure to kick off the 2022 season in Atlanta with the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. That's going to do it for our number one. Hour number two, right around the corner. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Hour number two has arrived. On this hump day edition of our show, I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parsh III. Of course, she is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. We'll be hearing from Steve Wiley next hour as he joins us for our foodie poll question of the week roundtable discussion. We'll get to that here momentarily as well. Houston Astros, it took a while. Most of you were sleeping when the game wrapped up, <laughs> because first pitch wasn't until 8.38. But the Strohs got it done. Now, it wasn't pretty. They, A, blew a four-run lead. B, committed two errors. C, walked in a run by hitting a batter. D, had another run score on a pass ball. They waste a tremendous starting performance by Garcia. You pitched so strong and looked so good out there. Did his job, but then the bullpen kind of went a little sideways. But yet, 
despite not having Jordan Alvarez, despite not having Michael Brantley Jr. on the road against the fighting MVPs, blowing a four-run lead, committing two errors, bringing in a, a run on a pass ball, bringing in a run on a hit batter. They found a way to pull out the 6-5 win. 6-5. They were now 57-29 and 29 overall on the season. With five games remaining, it appears that the Houston Astros are going to be at the 60-win plateau by the time of the All-Star break. Which, by the way, the All-Star game is early next week. Kyle Tucker, of course, first-time All-Star, comes up delivering the tie-breaking RBI double in the ninth inning that scores Jose Altuve, who started off that inning drawing a walk. Shrows get it done, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know you are a great team when you're missing star players, you commit multiple blunders, you do not play your best game. In fact, you play a game in stretches so poorly that you should have lost said game. Yet you find a way to win. They're a veteran team. This is what makes the Astros so dangerous. We could talk about their lineup and Alvarez and Altuve and Pena and Brantley and Bregman. We can talk about how they have the deepest pitching staff in the big leagues this year with two all-stars in their rotation. They're so deep with their pitching staff that the best pitcher in minor league baseball who is dominating the competition there's not even a spot for them on the roster. They, that's all great. We could we could give you the analytics of all of those things about their lineup and how ferocious they are, about their pitching staff. We could do that. We could dive deep into the numbers, so to speak. We could get fleek with the nerd talk, if you'd like. But we're not going to. Because what, what separates the Astros from a lot of the other teams is that they've been here and they've done it. They play like a team that understands, that knows, no matter what the scenario is, no matter what the circumstances may present themselves, no matter how dire a situation may be, they firmly believe that they can win every single game. That comes from the experience of playing in three World Series in a five-year stretch and advancing to the ALCS all five years. This team lost pieces, has lost pieces from this championship run that they've been on. George Springer, Springer Dinger, he's playing for the Toronto Blue Jays. Carlos Correa, playing for the Minnesota Twins. Garrett Cole, playing for the New York Yankees. The list goes on and on and on. And they've lost pieces. Guys have been dropped here and there. They've gone off in free agency, gotten big deals during this run. Most teams, if you lose an all-star shortstop like Carlos Correa, you take a step back. The Astros just find a young buck to replace him with. And they're able to do that because the rest of the team is filled with veterans. So the young fella, the rook, 
doesn't feel the enormous pressure of replacing an all-star. You can protect Jeremy Pena and let him develop at a normal pace. And that's exactly what he's done. They did the same thing with Jordan Alvarez a couple years ago. When he was a rookie sensation out of Cuba. It's the way the roster, it's the way the team has been built that matters. That's the X factor for the Astros. That's what makes them different than the other teams. Yankees, top to bottom, have a tremendous lineup and have great pitching. Their bullpen's a little bit better than the uh, the Astros. But where's all the veteran experience of being in three World Series in five years? They don't have it. That's why you have some Yankee fans that get a little nervous about having to face the Astros again in the postseason. Because the Astros have that advantage. And the other teams in the American League don't have that either. Now, the team that does have it is over in the National League. That's the Dodgers. There's something to be said about experience, and it matters. And you're seeing this. Look, all these teams have talented players. All these teams use analytics. All these teams use technology. All these teams have great training and nutrition and the whole nine yards. Some teams have more talents than, than other. Absolutely. But what separates the Strohs from the others is that experience, three World Series in five years, five straight LCSs. And when they lose a guy, they can replace him because of the culture that they have. When Bregman is in a historic slump for his career, Dusty Baker, the veteran, lifelong baseball guy, says, I'm going to let my guy hit through it. And they, they have that luxury, if you will, because they know they have all the other guys in the lineup. They have all these other guys that have the experience of dealing with slumps, have the experience of dealing with tough situations. And they just push right through. And you're seeing Bregman starting to finally come out of his, his historic slump. This is what makes the Astros such a dangerous team. Yes, they're talented. Yes, they have great pitching. But it's that experience that matters. And that experience in particular is going to matter and is going to be the X factor when the calendar turns to October. Now, I'm not saying that the Astros can win the World Series. I'm not even saying the Astros will make it to the World Series. A lot of baseball is still to be played. We're nearing the All-Star break. And right now, the Astros appear to be one of the top two best teams in Major League Baseball. That can't be debated. As it stands right now, they are. Will they be that way at the end of August? We don't know. We don't know yet. We'll find out. But the Strohs, they're on a tear, man. On an absolute tear. A heater, as I keep seeing things be called now all of a sudden. All of a sudden, being on a heater is now a buzzword again. I remember it when it was that way a long time ago. But now I'm seeing it in terms of golf. Xander Shoffley's on a heater. <laughs> Houston Astros on a heater. Starting to use the term. I'm seeing the term used more and more. On a heater. 
Speaking of golf, Open Championship tees off tomorrow from the one place that I would have to visit. Of all golf venues, and I love golf. I play the game. I played it a little bit in high school. I didn't play it well. I play it now. I don't play it well, but I love it. I've covered PGA Tour events. I've covered Adams Tour events. I've covered web.com slash Corn Ferry Tour events. I've covered high school golf. I love golf. Not I'm, I'm awful at it, as most of us are. That said, this would be in like, this is the bucket list item. The Open Championship at St. Andrews. That's the one to go to. That's the one to go to. Of the golf's majors, that would be the one to go to. And I'm going to say something else that may be a little bold. Second on my list of majors to attend as a member of media or just as a fan, the U.S. Open. Masters would be three. I know. RP3, how could you say that? You're a Southerner. You know how much we love the Masters. Yeah. I I love the Masters too. But if I'm picking the Open Championship, in particular at St. Andrews, Roll Troon would be amazing too. Or the U.S. Open. I don't care where the U.S. Open is. I just want to be on hand to watch golf golfers struggle on a course like I do typically on a random Tuesday because that's what happens at the U.S. Open. Plus, it's our championship. Sorry, Augusta. U.S. Open's our championship. So those would be the two. 150th Open Championship held there at St. Andrews. Tiger Woods is going to be in the field. I said it before. The fact that St. Andrews is flat for the most part is going to help Tiger. That's going to be less wear and tear on his body. And he's been trying to prepare himself for, in particular, the Open Championship, which he loves. He's won it three times. He's won at St. Andrews. I just don't like his chances to win the whole thing. It'd be a great story, but I just don't see it. I also, even though Xander Shoffley has the second best odds of anyone to win the Open Championship, your betting line favorite is Rory McIlroy. And he's been on what they call a heater. I really kind of like Jordan Spieth here. His game has been inconsistent this year, but he's won the Open Championship before. His game suits it. His skill set suits the Open Championship. I like Spieth this week. I like Patrick Cantlay as well. By the way, who won the Zurich Classic this year was Xander Shoffley. Those are two names that I really, really like. Not going out on a huge limb, I know. I fully understand that. But those are two that I like this week. And I'll give you the third. I like Jordan Spieth. I like Patrick Cantlay. 
I also like Tony Finau. Those would be my three. If we were still doing the old golf show here on the game, those would be the three that I would pick. But it's going to be fascinating to watch. And, of course, we'll give you updates on tomorrow's edition of RP3 and Company as well as Friday's edition from the Open Championship 150th edition of golf's fourth and final major there at St. Andrews being played in the birthplace of golf. That's the other reason why I would go to there. Just to be able to experience it, walk, not even play. I'm not even talking playing here. I'm not talking about having a club in my hand. I'm talking about just being able to walk the grounds of St. Andrews during the Open Championship. Like, done. Bucket list, done. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to give you an update on the old poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. It's about sandwiches. That's right. Meatless sandwiches. We decided to go bold and daring with our foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB and J are excluded. We'll give you up-to-date results and comments on that. And if you want to give us a holler, and talk about that, or the Open Championship, or the Houston Astros, feel free. The game hotline is always open, as Martin showcased earlier today. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You listen to RP3 and company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Me, oh, my crawfish pie. Welcome back to RP3 and Company on this hump day edition of the show. It's been a good one so far. Had plenty of good discussion talking about the Houston Astros winner, winner, chicken dinner over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, the fighting MVPs. They lost again, by the way. They lost again. What I find adorable about that is this despite being one of the trending to be one of the worst teams in major league baseball despite having generational talent mike trout who has been compared to mickey mantle shahan otani who's been compared to babe ruth despite having those two generational talents mvps if you will they both have won the award the Angels find themselves as, wait for it, an absolute dumpster fire. Yet again. Yet, yet, wait for it. Their GM says he sees a formula to win around stars Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Really? Go on. And both Trout and Otani, by the way, are going to make up the American League's All-Star Game starting lineup in a game that's going to be played at Dodger Stadium. So not only are they All-Stars, they're starters. 
and former league MVPs. And and players that national columnists and writers would literally stab their mama to get to the point of writing a deep, thought-provoking piece on. Because they can't help themselves. National folks love slurping up the Angels fighting MVPs. Yet, they're awful. (laughs) They are so bad. They're once again irrelevant. 12 games below 500. Sorry, 13 games below 500 now. And nine games back of the sixth and final playoff spot. Oh, by the way, this week they have to play the Astros and the Dodgers. <laughs> Woof. The Angels are on track to miss the postseason for the 12th time in the past 13 years. Despite having the reincarnation of Mickey Mantle on their roster and Babe Ruth's illegitimate Japanese great-grandchild, they are going to miss the postseason yet again. Despite having the best players in the big leagues, the Angels are going to be on their way of missing the postseason yet again. But remember, they already fired Joe Madden, their skipper. That already has happened this year. Trout has been the best player of his generation, and 11 of his 13 seasons, he's not made the postseason. Woof. Woof. But Angels GM Perry Minnison says, hey, it's all good. We got a plan. (laughs) Does anyone believe him? Before I share with you what he said, does anyone believe old Perry here has a plan? Perry's plan is not to get fired. And you have already had to fire your skipper. So when that happens, yeah, usually ownership has their eyes on you to be sent packing and hand you that old pink slip, my friend. Quote, there's definitely a formula to win around them, and it's a deeper team. You can do that in a lot of different ways. The draft's part of it, but free agency is part of that. Trades is part of it. I definitely see a roadmap to putting a competitive team on the field with those guys. They're great players. They're really performed well. I think they deserve all the accolades they get daily. I'm looking forward to watching both of them in the All-Star game. I think they're two of the best players in baseball, and we're lucky to have them, end quote. Is there any plan in that that you hear of? No. It was just dumb luck that we got two great players. We have no idea how to build around them. We gave Anthony Randone a massive contract, and he's injured yet again. This is a franchise that gave Albert Pujols that terrible 10-year contract. Gave Torrey Hunter a terrible contract. Anthony Randone, a terrible contract. They They don't understand free agency. That's one. Yes, they have Trout and Otani. Great. They don't understand how to build a pitching staff, and they don't understand free agency. If you don't understand how to properly navigate free agency and you can't put together a pitching staff, you're going to be the Angels. 
That's what you're going to be. There's a plan in place. It's just so generic answer. You know, you know uh, the draft's part of it. And, uh, you know, free agency's part of it. And uh, trades are part of it. Really? You mean the basic mechanics of baseball? What a clown show. What a clown show. Hey, look, Perry's getting paid, and, and, and God bless him. You know, God bless him, but uh, oof, oof. just woof. Just so much woofing involved there. The Angels. Awful. Awful. Awfully ran franchise. Just, just terrible. Just terribly ran franchise. They won a World Series championship like 20 years ago, by the way. Yet, here they are, stinking up the joint. Let's get an update on the foodie poll question of the week, which is our poll question of the day every single Wednesday. We ask you, what's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J has been excluded from the conversation. What's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J excluded. Right now, 44% of you say cheese sandwich. 28% say tomato sandwich or tomato, depending on how fancy you are. 19% of you say none, no meat, no deal. 9% of you say a pickle sandwich. Plenty of comments. Robert Duplachan has chimed in. Number one grilled cheese using two slices of American cheese and one grilled cheese using two slices of pepper jack cheese. Ooh, now you got me hungry. I'm going to go make some. Robert, feel free to drop some of those off at the studio, my friend. Fried egg sandwich is also awesome. Yes, we'll get to breakfast. That's my go-to. That was my go-to by my grandmother. She'd always make us for breakfast. When I'd go spend the night at her house, she'd make a fried egg sandwich the next morning. Delightful. Now, I've made a variation of that for my family. They don't care for fried eggs as much as I do, but they like my scrambled eggs. So my grandmother's fried egg sandwich has become a scrambled egg sandwich for my wife and daughter, which is far messier, but that's what they like. So you know what? I'm a provider. It's what I do. I give them what they want. <laughs> oh, man. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Martin has chimed in with a direct message. I forgot to ask on air. Do y'all have room for one more on y'all's trip to Atlanta? I got a bone to pick with Jimbo. (laughs) A lot of people got bones to pick with Jimbo Fisher. Sorry, bud. No room, Martin. (laughs) No room on Radio Row. Being a little restrictive this year. (laughs) Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your votes, your comments, rather, on Facebook and the Twitters. Right now, though, before we take a timeout, I need to tell you about my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite. You've heard me talk about what they do for bathrooms and kitchens. Great granite countertops. They take your kitchens and your bathrooms and make them look like something out of a magazine. And they're affordable. Here's the other thing they do. That man cave area that you got, maybe you're a little neglected towards. Maybe that outdoor living space. Guess what? It's time to ramp it up. It's time to improve it. It's time to make it the envy of the neighborhood. 
for fr- for Saturdays and Sundays in the fall when you have all the fellas over, when you have the neighbors over, the family over to watch football on Saturdays and Sundays. Go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday, which, by the way, is today. That's right, today. You can see all the countertops they do and all the other great services that they have to offer. Take that man cave area. Take that outdoor living space where you watch all your football games and take it to another level. Make it the envy of the neighborhood. Once again, visit their website, lmgelite.com, or simply stop by their showroom. It's located right there on I-49 North across from the Jockey Lot and Hub City Ford. Simply stop by. Tell them RP3 sent you. Not a problem. Once again, Lafayette, Marble, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, the mad dog, hopefully the alarm was set, Ron Higgins, award-winning columnist from Tiger Details, will join us to talk all things SEC Media Days. That's coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. What a great Tiger. Half the week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the mad dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. Oh, the mad dog, the man they call Hollywood Higgins in some circles. He rubs elbows with celebrities, actresses, actors, producers, the movers and shakers of the Film South community. He joins us now here on this pre-SEC Media Days edition of RP3 and Company. Mad dog, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? All right, bud. Got a question to ask you. You ready? It's our poll question of the day. Okay, it's about meatless sandwiches because, you know, we talk about food every Wednesday. We ask the people, what's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J is excluded. So your options are a tomato sandwich, you know, just a little mayonnaise, salt and pepper, fresh garden tomatoes, a cheese sandwich, which is just, you know, cheese on bread, a pickle sandwich, which is a tomato sandwich just with pickles instead of tomatoes, or your option is none, no meat, no deal. How does the mad dog roll? Well, the ripe tomato, a tomato sandwich is really good. There it is. Yeah, tomato. Yep. There it is. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. That was a great interview. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> That's all I needed. See you on later. See you. <laughs> all right. Uh, let me ask you this. Brian Kelly... There was thoughts of, oh, he's from the Midwest. He doesn't understand how to recruit down south. Yet he and his staff are absolutely killing it, not only recruiting nationally, coast to coast, but also going into Kirby Smart's backyard and poaching kids from the state of Georgia. Uh, What do you make? What's your impression of what you're seeing Kelly and his staff do for this new recruiting cycle and just how aggressive and how successful they are right now? I wasn't surprised. I mean, if, if you can recruit with the academic restrictions that Notre Dame had oh. in a state where football is not very good and you have to get everything out of state, 
why wouldn't he be great at a place who has some of the greatest high school football in America and uh, a recruiting reach that goes anywhere and uh, uh, into a program that's won three national championships since two, uh, you know, 2003 with three different head coaches? I mean, why wouldn't you be great if you knew what you were doing? And obviously he knows what he's doing. And he, and he puts together a staff that knows how to recruit uh, you know, led by Frank Wilson, uh, you know, I mean, it's important to have some, some staff with Louisiana ties, but again, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, people, people panic when, you know, they, they don't sign, you know, some Louisiana guys get away, go somewhere else, man, they're not going to get everybody. Uh, but you can go, I mean, you can go out and replace them with other people elsewhere that are, that are pretty good. So, I mean, and, and again, uh, He's got all these guys committed, and now you uh, now you got to get them here and see how long you can keep them. Uh, that's the that's the rub of college sports today, where you know you know money makes people walk. So we'll see. He's going to be first up at SEC Media Days on Monday. You and I will be there for that. Well, Greg Sankey will be first up, the the commissioner, but he'll be the first coach up. And there's a lot of buzz building up about LSU and with the new coach and everything like that. Uh, he's gone to media day events before. He's dealt with media before on a national stage, uh, but I don't think he's I don't think he's ever experienced what the circus of SEC media days is going to be. No, I mean I, for anybody, no matter how experienced you are, you've never seen anything like SEC media day, which is. Uh, you know, a credential for easily over a thousand media credentials for media day, uh, the main media room, uh, where the print and online media are is huge. And, uh, I mean, you're, it's, uh, you walk in there and it's pretty dazzling. Uh, and over the years it's gotten bigger because of, uh, SEC network and ESPN doing it live. Uh, it's, uh, made some sports writers dress better knowing they'll be on camera asking a question. Uh, <laughs> instead of putting on the free golf shirt they got from the weekend before the tournament they went to. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite, and some guys, honestly, it's some guys are, are absolutely great at it. Uh, I mean, I can, <laughs> in 2010, he was, he was a variable coach for only one year. Robbie Caldwell was one of the funniest coaches ever. Uh, he talked about some of the jobs he's had in the past, uh, growing up, including turkey insemination. He was a, a turkey inseminator. How about that? Uh, I remember that. Was, I remember yeah, that. He was great. I mean, he was fun as hell. And you've had other people who look like deer in the headlights. I remember, uh, I mean, I, some guys go up there and it's like, I remember Ron Zook from Florida the first time he got up there. I, I thought his head was going to explode off his shoulders. He, he, he talked so fast and so breathlessly and nonstop. Uh, uh, that you thought, God, this guy's incredibly nervous. Uh, Mike Shula of Alabama had a big wide eyed look the whole time, like a deer in headlights. Uh, so, I mean, and, 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 you know, some coaches are mixed entertainment. And you now the, the best used to be Steve Spurrier, of course. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he used to look all the way to the back of the room and see when it, Roy Kramer was SEC commissioner and, Somebody would ask Spurrier about, you know, what do you think of a playoff? And Spurrier looked at the back room and see Roy Kramer. Hey, hey, Commissioner, you know, 
I don't think she'd be asking me this. You remote Kramer's back. Why don't you ask him that question? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it wasn't a media day until Spurrier said, "It's good to see all you, all your media, uh, all your media boys." And, and you look at because media gals when they uh, when women became sports writers started showing up. So uh, it's been uh, you know it's it's definitely a, a kickoff to what you uh, the season, even though you know. Um, I think LSU doesn't start until August 4th. Yeah, open practice August 4th, my wedding anniversary, which was nice. Uh, but uh, it's a kickoff and it's a, and people, you know, they, they get into it. They finally, it's a, it's like, hey, it's almost here. And, and every year you have new coaches. They have three this year. And of course, Billy Napier will be there his first year, Florida from UL Lafayette. He'll, he'll be there. Another Vanderbilt coach, Clark Lee. I mean, they, it seems like Vandy has new coaches every three or four years. And, oh, uh, poor Vandy. Poor Vandy. They also say the, <laughs> the same thing. Hey, the, the, the things are in place here to win. You know, every yeah. one of them is like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, but, it, but, but it's really not. Look, the first time, I've only been once, and that was the, the last year before the pandemic when it was in Hoover that year. Um, it's overwhelming. Ron, uh, even as someone has experienced and I've been to other media day events, covered a lot of big events, you do get overwhelmed. And more importantly, I found myself kind of exhausted by day three. Like it was just, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's hyper, it's overload from start to finish. And I, I found myself and I'm told our new guy, Matt Miguez, who's going to be doing the afternoon show, says, look, man, you're going to have to pace yourself because it is a lot to take in the four days. It really is, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, when they first did the – when they first expanded to 14 teams, they did it in three days the first time. And we were like, we can't do it in three days. I mean, you, I mean they asked us that year, what do you thought of a three-day format? So you can't do it in three days. I'm sorry, it's, just, it's exhausting. I mean, you I – mean, you have to go to four days, even though it might be a little, little you know, another day of being there. But uh, yeah, but, you know, usually by you know, the second and third days on this, you have four coaches. Uh, well, that's right. You have four coaches, something like a four and three. But it's, it's you, you know, like that last coach in the afternoon, you're like brain dead, basically. And, and the, the players also. I mean, this thing started, this is the 37th annual. Uh, you know, even that even counts the year they skipped in 2020, 37th annual. I've been to every one of them. Uh, and uh, it started with 10 coaches, no players. 10 coaches in a ballroom, in a hotel ballroom in downtown Birmingham. And 10 coaches were set at round tables, big round tables, and media just went from table to table and talked to coaches. Uh, very quaint. Uh, uh, and, the, and then... Usually the, the, the sports basement of SAS would invite the media that covered that team to dinner that night. You'd have dinner with that coach. Uh, and you sit around as a, as a human being and, you know, get to know the coach or, the, or swap stories. And I can't tell me nights, I mean, media days on went with, uh, you know, I'm, I covered tennis. I covered, in Memphis, I covered like three or four teams, but Tennessee, I covered a lot. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of those Media days were spent with dinners with Johnny Majors of Tennessee, who liked to drink wine and tell stories. Uh, and then it kind of grew. It, it kind of grew. They added some, added two players, and then they expanded to three players. Uh, then they moved it to the, the Winfrey Hotel in Birmingham, which is now, of course, the, the Hyatt. Uh, and the, the and it has some. The two best memories there were one 
Nick Saban talking to media, and all of a sudden his dog runs up and finds him. His dog was he took his dog to media day, <laughs> and he put him in his, put him in the hotel room where he stayed upstairs in the Winfrey and in a hotel room. Well, the maid came in, the dog got out, and the dog somehow got downstairs and found Nick Saban. And then <laughs> Nick's dog comes up to him while he's talking. He's like, he was like, what, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> That and the fact that one time they had the, and uh, uh, the Winfrey they had a bar at one time before they remodeled, and the night before media days they had the Hawaiian Tropic Regional Suntan Contest with a bunch of shapely lovelies, and uh, all the players were in there from the SEC uh, watching this contest together as as one nation as one united SEC nation, uh, you know, of all these competitors in there together watching these women with the model bikinis. So, uh, yeah, they've had some pretty good media days. <laughs> i got to ask you one more. You know, you've covered covered all of them, and you've been there. And, you, you, know, you, you know, Johnny could tell stories if he had too much to drink and some other uh, fun ones. What's the, the one that kind of sticks out to you that kind of encompasses what the SEC media days is all about, the circus, that just really encompasses that? Oh, I mean, any Alabama coach, because uh, as you found out when you when you went to Hoover, I don't know if it's still much that they they really can't do this with the Hall of Fame unless, unless they stand outside. But in Hoover, because the, the, in Alabama, which is of course Birmingham suburb, because it's in the uh, it's in the say Winfrey slash Hyatt Regency Hotel in Hoover. Uh, you have to go through a lobby to get to escalators to go upstairs to the main media room, of course. And then Radio Row is on the main floor of the right of the lobby and runs to the, the runs to the attached to the mall. And uh, any Alabama coach comes in with players, and there's a ton of Alabama fans there behind red velvet ropes screaming for autographs. Yes, it's quite a sight. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 bizarre. Ron, I saw it the first time, and I was like, then I saw two guys dressed up as different variations Bear of Bear Bryant. Yep. And then I saw an Auburn fan that brought their dog and just walks down Radio Row, and they had spray-painted the dog the Auburn colors. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just have random people coming in from the mall that are lost, and they're like, what, what is this? What, what's going on here? I was, I, was, I was shopping at the Gap, and now there's all these crazy people here behind this rope screaming exactly. for autographs. My, that, that that's why and that's the, the beauty of having Hoover. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Atlanta, honestly. Uh, uh, and that this is the second time they've had it there. They've only had it outside of Alabama twice, in both times in Atlanta, both times the College Football Hall of Fame and uh, the Omni. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of of, of the, the setup they have for for this thing. And uh, I'm not sitting and complaining about it, but uh, it's not fair to my. Uh, Unless I change it from last time, and I don't know this, you can tell me this. Uh, not fair to my radio brethren who are, are stuck in a separate building away from the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and I don't, uh, knowing the College Football Hall of Fame, I've been there many, many times. Uh, there's actually a picture of me and Nick Saban in the College Football Hall of Fame. How about that? Uh, nice, uh, bud. Yeah, giving him his uh, Football Writers Coach of the Year award. Uh, but uh, and, and, and Hoover, it's, it's like there's really a circus atmosphere all together 
because it's all everything's together. The radio is right here. It's all it's right. There. It's all and, right there together. Well, brother, look, I'm up on it, man. I got to take a timeout. I'm going to see you Monday. You're going to swing yep. by. We're going to uh, chat it up on Monday, brother. Appreciate you making the time over in Atlanta. Can't wait to see you there in your element, my friend. Yet another SEC media day for the Mad Dog. Appreciate your time, bud. Enjoy your week. All right, man. Take care. We'll see you. That's Ron Higgins, award-winning columnist for Tiger Details. He'll be in Atlanta for SEC media days. We'll chop it up. We'll talk to him on Monday. We got to take a timeout. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Oh, you can score a new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text the word GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch Plus. You'll have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets, concert tickets, and much more. It's the Games Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Poll question of the day. What is your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J is excluded. Right now, 44% of you say cheese sandwich. Keep those votes coming. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three coming up. We'll kick it off with Ryan Dupree, Assistant Fire Chief of Prairie District Number 5, talking about the need for volunteer firefighters. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number three has arrived here on RP3 and Company, but not to worry. We're going to be able to close out things strong on this hump day edition of our show. Coming up half an hour from right now, Chrissy Freud will be joining us talking all things SEC football and college football, how the landscape of the sport is changing yet again, and it seems like it happens every few years. But before we go down that rabbit hole later on this hour, it's time for us to talk about something here locally that is, well, you know what? It's a need. Right now, I know you've seen the signs out there as you make your morning commute. Firefighters are needed. Full-time firemen, volunteer firemen throughout Acadiana, but specifically in St. Landry Parish. And joining us now here on RP3 and Company is the man who's been a firefighter for 25 years, a proud Beauchamp High School graduate, 1997, where he, by the way, starred as a tight end slash defensive end for the Gators football team. He also can be heard running the public address at Beauchamp football games in the fall. It's the assistant fire chief 
for the Prairie Fire District number five, and a good friend of mine, also my wife's cousin, one and only Mr. Ryan Dupree. Ryan, good morning. Welcome to the show, bud. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How do you feel now making your radio debut? I mean, do you feel confident enough just right now to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm coming for your job? I'm not coming for your job because I don't know enough about uh, sports, but I think this this is comfortable. It's air conditioned. It's nice. <laughs> I can I can do this. Unlike sometimes the press box. <laughs> yes, the press box is a tad bit humid in the fall, especially yeah. when the air condition isn't up to par. <laughs> yes, but the food's good. The food is good. We always get taken uh, uh, taken care of when we go and uh, broadcast Boshan football games like we did last year and what we'll be doing again this year for the St. Landry game of the week, which will, of course, be broadcast on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. All right, brother, let's talk a little bit about what's going on right now. I noticed it starting last year, and it's just ramped up. It seems like every fire station in St. Landry Parish, whether it's yours out there in Prairie or in Arnaville or in Sunset, or Grand Coteau, everyone needs help. Everyone needs volunteers or even full-time firefighters. Give us a little, um, you know, kind of insight of what's going on. Is it simply firefighters have retired and you guys don't have enough to replace them? Or is it just, you know, why is there seemingly such a need right now? There's two main things that uh, that I would say pre-pandemic, we always had problems picking up numbers of volunteers volunteers uh, I think a lot of people get nervous about the word volunteer but at the end of the day it's all about who can show up you know the more numbers you have the more trained people you have I go on vacation I'm out of town somebody's you know at Lowe's and Opelousas or whatever the case may be they can't always get there on scene when we need to be on scene so the more people you have the more people you have available uh, I think a lot of people are nervous of the word volunteer. Yes, it's not paid, but there's a lot of benefits of being a volunteer. One of the main benefits would be networking. Right. Um, everybody leans on social media and the Internet for, for networking, but it's time we put our phones down and just get face-to-face because the old school of networking was, you know, I became what I am today because this is what my parents were or this is what my uncle was or my aunt was. At the end of the day, a lot of people just don't know. I have a desire to be a farman, a professional paid farman, but I don't know how to get into that avenue. Well, being a volunteer is a very good way of getting your training, having an understanding of the business that you wouldn't have prior to, and networking your way into a paid department. We have we have volunteers that work for, for Eunice, for Opelousas Fire District 3, Opelousas Fire Department, Lafayette Fire Department, Fire District 2 in Port Barry. So it is a way for you to be able to get into that next level if that's what you're looking for. For those who may be interested and, and don't necessarily know and just are interested, what does it take to be a volunteer firefighter? Basically what happens when you first show up, there is a small application. It's it's really quick. We just have to make sure that your, your uh, background check comes out right, that you don't have any health issues that would interfere with uh, with the duties of the fire service. And then once that takes place, uh, there's a, a six to eight month. Once a year, we have an academy. We run okay. our guys through the academy in uh, St. Martin Parish. So until that date comes, it could be six to eight months before you get into the academy. You get to do training with us from 
LSU Fetty, you could do fire marshal, state fire marshal training. Um, there's some online courses and classes. We meet the first Thursday and the third Thursday of each month. So you can come out to the station, whether we're doing a ladder class or a hose pump class or a smoke reading class or a search and rescue class. You can get to that next level to see if this is what you want to do before starting the academy. The academy is four to six months, usually twice a week. Every now and then we'll have a Saturday when there's a live burn and they can have enough instructors. But um, it, it lets you know if it's something that you're interested in before getting to the next step of going to the academy. It gets, gets you that experience, gets you that knowledge of knowing how is it. And, you know, what are you kind of looking for? I guess characteristics, I guess, would be my, my question, Ryan, is what are some of the characteristics of being able to handle being a firefighter? Because it can be rewarding, but it can also be stressful. And you have to, you know, reach, you know, you have to have a certain amount of criteria to, to be a firefighter, uh, a certain level of sacrifice, obviously. So what are some of the characteristics that you guys look for when you're going through the process of seeing if someone has what it takes to to be a firefighter well there's there's two sides to the fire scene there's actually three sides to the fire department uh one is an administrative side we have to do pre-plans we have to do piaal which is our insurance rating people we have to do a lot of paperwork there's fire reports there's online this and and that you also have um Facebook post, Instagram post. You know, we do update social media. We do have a Facebook page in Prairie Volunteer Fire Department. I know Kenton Fire Department has one, Orneville, Leonville Fire Department. So Prairie, Orneville, and Leonville are all three members that make up Fire District 5. We, um, we, we look for live bodies, people that are uh, motivated and enthusiastic. A lot of people don't understand that they live in volunteer fire district areas a lot of people just don't know uh they just see the fire trucks they see people riding in the fire trucks fueling them up doing training we're all wearing gear we train to the same level as paid departments we have the same criteria for insurance ratings as the paid departments so if you like cheaper insurance on your home <laughs> then you're gonna like to be a volunteer firefighter because if we don't have volunteers and we don't meet this criteria, we go from a three, four, five, six uh -huh. to a 10. And then we start looking at our homeowner's insurance doubling. Um, there's cold sides to the far scene. There's hot sides to the far scene. If you're not, hey, look, I don't like running in a fire and um, risking my life. I have other things that I'd rather do. You can set up tents. You can set up fans. You can give firefighters water. You can change out air bottles. There's so many different parts to a fire scene besides for just running into a house on fire. So people don't understand what a fire scene is all about. There's traffic control. There's so many things that go into a fire scene. It's just about getting trained and being there. That's the two biggest issues with the fire industry right now is um, paid departments have a lot of Police, they have a lot of traffic control. They have a lot of people. They can call in other paid stations that are just, you know, maybe eating dinner or watching TV or whatever to help them. We don't always have that ability. So when it comes to a fire scene, we have a lot of different things that people could do in the hot zone and in the cold zone. So if you're just scared of fighting fire, there's plenty of things that we can do. 
We're talking with Ryan Dupree. He's the assistant fire chief for the Prairie Fire District Number 5. We're talking about the need for volunteers and full-time firefighters in St. Landry Parish. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Our brother, let's go back. You know, you do a, a, a lot of things. You have your own successful business. You're involved with your alma mater, handling the PA system there for Beauchamp football games. I know you're involved with the Booster Club there as well. But, you know, what led you all those years ago, now 25, we were talking about that off the air, kind of time has flown by. What, what got you involved with it? What brought you to become a volunteer firefighter? I'm an adrenaline junkie. I mean, to be honest with you, as a, as a young man, um, if I didn't have my hands in something, I would probably be getting in trouble. So for me to keep my hands in something, um, my mom and, and my second mom and one of my best friends decided that it would be best to join the volunteer fire department because it would just keep us focused and busy. Um, I actually wanted to be a fireman at one point in time in my life, but it just didn't work out at the time. But um, I don't know. That's that's kind of what got me into it. And then after that, it's just it's just a warm heart, you know. Uh, grew up in a, a loving family. Grew up with uh, I'm the youngest of four boys, so we were always told to give back, you know. So that's my way of giving back. Um, I'm big in the church. I like to I like to do things and give back to people, and um, that's just one of the ways that I give back. If you don't mind, if it's not it's not too personal, is there a moment or two that you kind of recall that just maybe not necessarily overwhelmed you, Ryan, but just really kind of touched you, your heart and soul being a firefighter? <laughs> is there a moment that kind of sticks out to you that that really kind of just proves the point of like you know what I'm I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing. We don't have enough time on air to uh, to talk about heartwarming times and times when people need and you feel that need. But I could say that one time really sticks out. We had a, a house fire in the Orneville area. It was just outside of the corporate limits, and um, we showed up on scene. It was um, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. The people were out of town. They came in. They were called and told that their house was on fire. We were on scene for... I'll say three to five hours, somewhere in there. It was it was a bad one, but we saved most of the house. So one of the things that I take pride in is that's somebody's whole life. Every memory that they have is usually in our house. Our home is where we keep our prized possessions, including our family. So um, we take the time to go in because we don't know if there will be a rekindle once we leave. So we go in and we take out people's photo albums there. Look, a TV could be replaced. A bed could be replaced, right. but firearms, we try to pull out firearms. We try to pull out photo albums, pictures, things of that nature, anything of value. And, uh, we pulled a whole bedroom of just, just pictures. And I mean, this, this woman had a picture from, from the fifties and she was very grateful and she wrote us all notes and, and sent cards to the station. And when we talked to her, she cried because her whole life was there and things that she'll never get back. Pictures of her grandparents and her parents and her kids. Right. She had a, um, a son that had died. If I'm not mistaken, it was Vietnam. Might've been another war, but she had pictures of him. And once that's gone, it's just in the memory. Right. So that was one thing. Now you got me getting sentimental on air. That was one thing that hit hard and it hit a lot of the guys hard because 
we really realize what we're doing. We're not just putting out a fire. We're saving people's memories. That's, that's I mean, look, yeah, the work that you guys do, it, sometimes it's long hours. Sometimes it puts you in uh, dangerous situations. Often it does. And you guys have to deal with some of the most vulnerable moments in people's lives. But the service that firefighters do, you guys don't give enough credit and don't get enough support. So happy that you were able to make the time, brother, to come by to, to spread the word. Before I let you go, tell the folks where they can go to get more information or if they're interested. They, they, they hear this interview and they say, hey, you know what? Uh, I heard Ryan talking with RP3. I want to go sign up. I want to explore becoming a volunteer firefighter. Where can they go? If you go to the Kankton area on 93, there's signs all over the place in Kankton. Sunset's full of signs. Grand Coteau's full of signs. We have a sign in front of our station. I know Orneville and Leonville are actively looking. Um, St. Martin Parish. Don't think that this is just a St. Landry problem. Right. St. Martin Parish is actively looking for volunteers. Lafayette Parish. You might live where there's a paid department, but Judice is a volunteer department. Um I think Bruce Art has a volunteer side. So just because you're in a in a paid area, if it's something that piques your interest, you can just go to the station. If nobody's at the station, leave a sticky note with your name. Tell them what you want. If you have a dry erase marker, write it on the window. I promise you we're looking for people. You can put it anywhere, <laughs> and we will find you. And we'll also – there's a Facebook page for the, uh, the Prairie Fire District Number 5. We will share that on social media so if you are interested you can simply go to that facebook page we'll share it on our f uh, facebook page and a link on our twitter account as well here through the game all right bud one sports question to get you out of here um how you feeling about your gators this year man that's a uh that's a good question i'm i'm feeling really confident we um marcus is doing a, a great job over there i think we had a strong off season good. in the weight room i think our guys are, are tuned up I think their mindset's getting right. I think that our coaching staff has put together a lot of things. They had an athletic banquet. That's something that we hadn't had in a while. I think they're piquing the interest of people that aren't interested in football. Um, I think that they're going to have a strong season again this year. And you know when it comes into the rebuilding phase, uh, Beauchamp has been in rebuilding since they opened the doors. <laughs> so it, it, would be yeah. really, it would be really nice to um, – to get a mindset over there of, of right. football, you know, get get people in the stands that want to watch the game and cheer on the game and not, you know, just go to socialize. But I, th I think we're going to get there. I think first we have to get we have to get some some W's in the column. Once you get W's in the column, you can help change the culture. You can help quickly. change yeah. the culture quickly, so. brother. Appreciate your time as always, bud. That's Ryan Dupree, assistant fire chief for Prairie Fire District Number Five. Once again. Volunteer firefighters are needed, not only in St. Landry Parish, but all of Acadiana. Look into your local fire district. See if you can uh, qualify to be a volunteer and lend a helping hand. They need your help, and it's a job that we all benefit from. So please help out. we got to take a timeout, but more RP3 and company coming up. We'll update our food poll question of the day. That's all going to be coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 13th, 1968. Gary Player wins the second of his three Open Championship titles with a two-stroke win over Bob Charles and Jack Nicklaus. 
That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Typically, we would be bringing in the Steve Wiley right now for our roundtable discussion about the foodie poll question of the week, our poll question of the day on Wednesday. But instead, we've bumped that to 8.30. Our scheduled guest, Chrissy Freud, has had to uh, reschedule. Something has come up. So now we've bumped our roundtable discussion about our foodie poll question of the week until 8.32. So you got to stay tuned for that. Right now, though, it's time for us to take a moment to talk a little bit more Houston Astros baseball. Once again, 6-5 win last night out on the West Coast. They're wrapping up the first half of the season with a three-game set at the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and then a three-game set at the Oakland Athletics. And then next week is All-Star Week. All-Star Game, Home Run Derby, the whole nine yards. So they'll have nearly a week off as they won't return to action until next Thursday with a doubleheader. And they begin this little bit of this West Coast swing, if you will, prior to the All-Star break by proving once again why they are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. They find a way to win ballgames they shouldn't. A sign of a great team, a great team, is finding a way to win games they shouldn't win. And last night is a perfect example of that. They blow a four-run lead, waste a masterful performance by Garcia on the bump, and they do so in just the worst possible way. They walk too many batters. They commit two errors in the ballgame. They hit a batter that scores a run. A pass ball by Martin Maldonado, who is a great defensive catcher, scores another run. So they're on the road without Jordan Alvarez, without Michael Brantley Jr. in the lineup, because both are on the IL. They blow a four-run lead. They inexplicably bring in a run by a hit batter and another one on a pass ball. And yet, and yet, they still find a way to win. As Tucker drives in Altuve with a double in the top of the ninth and then Presley comes in and closes the door on the Halos, the fighting MVPs. This is a sign of a great team. And I said it earlier on today's show. You can talk about the lineup and how ferocious it is. Alex Bregman is starting to turn a corner. You're still waiting for Yuli Gurriel to do the same. May not happen, but still, you look at this lineup. Altuve, Bregman, Brantley Jr., Jeremy Pena, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. Go on, so forth, so forth, so forth. They can hit, man. Now, they strand too many runners on the base pass, but they can hit. We can talk about the pitching. Two all-stars from the rotation. They're six deep. They still have Lance McCullers Jr. coming back 
from injury. And you got the best pitcher in minor league baseball destroying the competition at the AAA level. He can't even be called up yet because there's no room for him. And we can dive into all of that. And I can give you numbers and the analytics and the whole nine yards, the whole shooting match, and break it all down for you. The reason why this team is great is, yes, it has talent. The reason why this team is great is because of its experience. Every year, seemingly, they've lost another piece, and they just keep moving forward. This is a team that's been to three World Series in five years. This is a team that's been to five straight American League Championship Series. They know how to win. They do not get rattled. You boo them, they feed off of that. They trail by four runs, they rally. Their bullpen blows a save opportunity, they rally. They have two all-star caliber players on the IL, they find a way. And they lose players over and over again. They lost George Springer to free agency. They couldn't afford to re-sign him. What'd they do? Well, there's Kyle Tucker. He can fill the void. They lose Carlos Correa to free agency. He gets a better deal to go to the Minnesota Twins. What happens? They just call up a rook. And because they have the veteran leadership that they do, they have this core that's been through the meat grinder, if you will, that's gone through everything that they've had to go through, that's had the ups and downs, that's had the disappointments, the wins and the losses. They've seen it all. They've experienced it all. They've played through it all. That's why they're allowed to have these rookies come in and fill these voids. They did the same thing with Jordan Alvarez when he came in as a rook from Cuba. They were able to just to fold him right in because the pressure's not on those guys. Because you have Altuve, you have Bregman, you have Yuli, you have Verlander, you have these other guys. They can absorb the pressure. They know how to deal with it. So it creates a safe environment, if you will, an easier environment, if you will, for the young players to come up and succeed. Thus, Jordan Alvarez as an MVP candidate a few years into his career. Thus, Jeremy Pena making the adjustment to the big leagues with his glove work and with his hitting at shortstop. This is a team that's lost in the recent years George Springer, Garrett Cole, Carlos Correa, and hasn't missed a beat. That's because of how they're organized. That's because of the veteran experience. They know how to do this. They know how to keep it moving. This makes them one of the best teams in Major League Baseball for that reason. Yes, they have talent. Yes, that is great. They have talent in the lineup. They have talent with their arms. You could argue they have some of the best talent in both of those categories in all of baseball. That plays a large part of it. Don't get me wrong. But the X factor, the thing that separates the Astros from the others, is that experience. And that's why you see this team with five games left before the All-Star break having an optimal chance here of getting to 60 wins by the Midsummer Classic. 
And this is a team that started off a 500 ball club the first three to four weeks of the season. Yet here they are, one of the best teams in baseball. And that X factor, yes, injuries always play, oh, injuries always has to be an X factor, but that X factor of that experience of playing at the highest level, of winning at the highest level, of figuring out how to win ugly games like they did last night in Anaheim, that's something that other teams won't have come October. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll update our foodie poll question of the week, our poll question of the day. It'll be time for some roundtable discussion with producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and the legend, a man who hates meatless sandwiches, Steve Wiley. That's coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball, and you can see them live in person. That's right. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Seattle Mariners on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there in person. That's right, Stroh's M's, they're in the big juice box. Simply register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We were supposed to have Chrissy Freud with us, but something has come up. The college football reporter and quarterback guru, uh, we will reschedule with her later this week or possibly next week at SEC Media Days. But that means there's just more time for us to talk about our foodie poll question of the week, which, of course, is our poll question of the day on Wednesdays here on RP3 and Company. We asked you, what's your favorite non-meat sandwich? Peanut butter and jelly has been excluded from the conversation. We know that's the universal champion there for non-meat sandwiches, the PB&J, crust on or crust off. But we asked you, what's your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J excluded. Is it a tomato sandwich? Just some white bread, little mayonnaise, tomato, out of the garden, not from the store, a little salt and pepper. Is it a cheese sandwich? Sometimes you don't even have vegetables. You just have to put the cheese on the bread. Is it a pickle sandwich, which once again is a little lightly mayonnaise? It's like a tomato sandwich just with pickles. Or do you go with none? No meat, no deal. Let's get to some comments before we begin our roundtable discussion here. Jeff Morrow says, grilled cheese sandwich, but I almost said ice cream sandwich. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, wow. James has said, we've decided to revisit the great sandwich controversy of 2021. Is a hot dog a Sammy? Is a cheese pizza really just an open face or unfolded sandwich? If I must vote for something without meat, I'll go with the grilled cheese for the win. 
bacon wrapped bacon wrapped for the epic win. Oh, that looks delicious. Now I'm hungry. Ralph says veggie delight from Subway on Italian herbs and cheese. Brian on Facebook says grilled cheese with vegetable soup. Yeah, that's usually the go-to, right? If you're feeling a little sick, that's your go-to. That was always mine, grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup when I was a kid. Cheese, grilled cheese, cheese, tons of votes for cheese. Randy Russell on Facebook says grilled cheese. Does that fall under the cheese sandwich? By the way, hot dogs are still not sandwiches. <laughs> and sure they are. <laughs> and there's Steve Wiley. And Bo Gandy says tomato sandwich on Facebook. Tons of comments on our poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. Right now, 53% of you say cheese sandwich is your go-to. 23% say tomato sandwich, 16% say none, no meat, no deal, and 8% of you say pickle sandwich, and he's been very vocal about this off the air, and now he'll be vocal about this on the air. The legend himself, Steve Wiley, joins us now inside the studio. So, bud, uh, poll question of the day. I feel like you got a hot take about this. Well, I've got a real problem with the whole <laughs> premise of this thing. <laughs> Okay. Okay, what you got? What you All got? right, this is a sports station. Yes, this last is, time I This yes, is yes. guy radio. G- guy, guy yeah. radio. Man radio. I mean. Beer, cars, right. women, yes. Yeah, I mean, our audience has got to be, what, 75% uh, male at least? I right? mean, look, we're trying to appeal to the ladies, but yes, it's primarily uh, the fellas. And we're talking about non-meat sandwiches? Time out. You're going to have a meatless barbecue? You're going to do veggie burgers? And soy sausage? Obviously, there's a disconnect here, Mr. Wiley. Obviously, you didn't grow up poor enough where you had to have sandwiches without meat. <laughs> no, okay. I, I didn't. You're, you're, you're right about that. <laughs> I was fortunate. Some, I mean, some I'm not of from, us. You know. Now, wait a minute, though. Your name has a numeral after it, so you didn't grow up poor either. Brother, <laughs> I am poor Alabama folks all day long. Well, you're poor now because <laughs> you work in radio. <laughs> Uh, which, yes, 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 yeah, just because, yeah. I was named after my grandfather. He was he didn't have a lot of money either, um, and, and neither did uh, my family. Uh, no, yeah, you, sometimes you didn't have meat. Now, the go-to cheap meat was always bologna. Right. Right. So well, Fried bologna? Oh, fried bologna sandwiches. Uh, I love fried bologna. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you didn't have meat in the house, Steve. But is bologna really meat anyway? Well, that, that's, that's, a good that's a very good question. That's a discussion for another day. Yeah. So, okay. So you're you're, but take away the fact that I've, I'm asking you to discuss something that has no meat on it. Okay. You, you're a red-blooded American man. That's great. So am I. Obviously, I prefer having meat on my sandwich. But what is your go-to? Is there something that if you have a sandwich? If you're having a sandwich, do you ever have a sandwich that doesn't have meat on it? Yes, absolutely, and it's not on this list. Give it to me. Tuna fish, white albacore tuna fish. But tuna fish is a meat. Uh, no, it's fish. No, you no. If you say you're a pescatarian, you only eat fish. You don't eat meat. There you go. Hmm. Bless you, Hannah. Oh. Five names. So fish is not a meat, huh? No. Technicality, mm, no. Now poultry. Now does does chicken qualify as meat? Yeah. Yes. I think fish counts as meat, but no, that, no, that's meat. Fish is fish. 
fish right. is fish. Lo- that's a fish lovely answer. <laughs> lovely <laughs> answer. Fish is fish, but okay to play devil's advocate with you about all of this? I've lost control of the show. Yeah, you really <laughs> have. Yeah, I guess we. I guess I'd have to go with grilled cheese at that point. Although I do love to add ham to it. Oh, now, now that leads us down another road. Okay. When you're adding to your grilled cheese sandwich, mm-hmm. is it sliced deli ham? Is it processed ham or is it leftover ham from like a legitimate ham that you cooked? What's your go-to? Whatever's available. So it doesn't matter to you? No. I don't like deli ham. I don't like it at all. It's too slimy for me. I don't like it. I only like turkey. Well, if you let it sit in the fridge for a month, yeah. (laughs) No, it's just already. (laughs) What? Time out. Time out. Where are you getting your deli ham from? Don't name the place because we don't want to do that to the poor establishment. But if, if you're buying sliced like, meat from a deli and it's covered in slime, then you may need to go to a different deli. <laughs> it's just all, like, any ham. It's going to be from the actual deli people. Like, if you go to the lovely grocery store and you go in, like, the cold section and you go and get, like, sandwich meat, I don't like sandwich, like, ham. Like, can you make for Thanksgiving or for Christmas? I love that. Okay. I don't like ham that you would like have for like a sandwich. Yeah, but like the processed ham, they put it in, in juices and everything to keep yeah, it l- fresher longer. I don't like so it. that may have a little slime to it. But if you go behind the deli counter, like you go to the butcher at the grocery store, you should yeah, be able to get something that does not have slime on it. It's still still nasty to me. Yeah, yeah have a, I only no. liked cooked Thanksgiving like the ham. That's it. <sighs> the princess and the pea. I like turkey. <laughs> The princess in the... All right, so you haven't commented. We've gone down a a road of we need to establish you going to different grocery stores. That's... Okay, so, um, well, see, to me, it's a tie. I like that answer of all of the above because I love pickles. I have my own jar that says Hannah's Pickles on it, so I have pickles. Um, But I also like a good tomato sandwich or, like, just a butter, a butter sandwich. Which is just buttered bread. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Especially bunny bread. My papa, my papa was a bunny bread man. Like, he put up bunny bread for a living. So, bunny bread over evangelism. Yes, all, all sandwiches that we're talking about here have to be put on white bread. We can't, we can't yeah. agree to that. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're oh, look oh, at Steve. He's a wheat, I'm getting, you're a wheat bread person? Yes, uh, I am. It's got more flavor, more texture. It's more nutritious. Yeah, Kenneth likes a Sara Lee bread. That's like the, the wheat bread. I'm like, no. But no, we eat wheat bread Bunny because bread. it's healthier, not because it tastes better than fresh white bread. And, well, and, and look, I grew up. My mom worked at Colonial Bakery in Mobile, so we always had fresh bread. And I, I'd always Ooh, go play yeah. at the bakery and everything like that, and and go do my homework there and everything like that while she was working because she worked the overnights. So I'm a white bread guy if I have to choose. But obviously, we eat wheat bread because it's healthier. Because if you eat too much white bread, then you look you know twice the size that I do. So, you say, if you had to pick, Mr. Wiley, you say grilled cheese sandwich, which does count because that would be a cheese sandwich. It is. Yeah. Hannah, you are tied with what? All three, tomato, cheese, and pickle. Tomato, cheese, and pickle. Yeah, and non-listed butter sandwich. <laughs> I go. <laughs> <laughs> I go. I go. If I had to pick one, it would have to be a tomato sandwich. But the tomato has to be fresh out of the garden. Don't bring me any of the junk from the grocery store that's been processed and has been in a cooler for a month. I need fresh garden tomatoes. I, I tell you, 
My wife likes fresh garden tomatoes so much, she will eat the tomato like an apple. That's my sister. She loves like I'm like, no, that's a tomato. Not an apple, it's a tomato. She will take it, get a little salt and pepper, and she will just eat it straight up like that. Yeah. She did it the first time and I was like, What you doing? Yeah, if you were <laughs> if you were if you were asking me this question like four years ago, well, actually probably nine years ago now, I would definitely just go cheese or pickle because I like tomatoes. Like I loved ketchup, but I did not like tomatoes. But my best friend, her dad eats literally will slice a whole tomato with every meal, salt, pepper, eat it every single time. So now I like tomatoes. So now you can add a tomato sandwich. There we go. All right, bud. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being fired up about it. Well, you know, you just—I'm in a mood today. (laughs) How are we going to do this next week? I'm just wondering. You're going to be at SEC Media Days. How are we going to do this next week? Is, Why, uh, is Steve, Steve can, considering Steve, I, I'm fairly for certain, still knows how to get to the studio from his <laughs> production studio. I just won't be here. And it, yeah. Now, he may try to hijack the show because I won't be here and he'll be able to sit at the big desk all by himself. Yeah. And he'll be true. like, oh, sorry, Ray, we lost your connection in Atlanta. Yeah, now it's time for Steve Wiley and sports <laughs> and just take over. But no, no we'll I'm not again. ready to even attempt a solo flight on this one. No. <laughs> It's very difficult. You know, people have asked me over the years, why have you never worked as a sportscaster? Don't you want to? And, and all my life I've been surrounded by people who are so good at it that it's kind of daunting for me. And, and, yeah. and I have a brother who, when it comes to sports, he's forgotten more than I know. And, you know, yeah, I love sports and everything, but I, I just have never really entertained the thought of, you know, trying to be a sportscaster. No, I'm good on the side of the, of the desk. I'm okay. I need to be over there. Oh, you got no. that, bud. <laughs> I have thoughts. I have I have visions for both of you. <laughs> That's going to do it for our foodie roundtable discussion. Keep those votes coming on the food poll, poll question of the week, which is our poll question of the day. We got to take a timeout. But when we return here on RP3 and company, we'll wrap up today's show and get you set up for Kevin Foote and footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, you can score a new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right. It's that easy. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text the word GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Houston Astros tickets and more. It's the GAME's brand new text club. Once again, to join and have an opportunity to score an Apple Watch, simply text the word GAME. To 337-283-8100. That's game to 337-283-8100. It's the Games Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't forget, Houston Astros tonight taking on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 838 first pitch. Christian Javier will be on the bump against Otani for the Angels. You can listen to the game live right here on the game. I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Ron Higgins, the Mad Dog, the award-winning columnist from Tiger Details, talking all things SEC Media Days, which is coming up next week, and Ryan Dupree, the assistant fire chief for the Prairie District Number 5. They need volunteers not only there, 
but all through St. Landry Parish and Acadiana. Once again, we've shared a link to their Facebook page on our own Facebook page and our Twitter page if you're interested in helping out and becoming a volunteer firefighter. Please do so. Their work is needed. They're some heroes. Let's get a final result on the poll question of the day, which is our foodie poll question of the week. What is your favorite non-meat sandwich? PB&J is excluded in this conversation. Winning the vote, 53% cheese sandwich. 22% of you say tomato sandwich. 19% are like Steve Wiley. None, no meat, no deal. And 6% of you say pickle sandwich. Thanks for all who voted. And thanks for all the slew, the plethora, if you will, of comments both on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate you guys connecting with us. Woo! Great show. We're through the halfway point of the week. Tomorrow, we'll be talking Pelicans, Saints with our buddy Les East. We'll also be checking in on the Open Championship first round of golf's fourth and final major. We'll be teeing off from St. Andrews across the pond tomorrow morning. Of course, we'll give you updates throughout tomorrow's show. For Steve Wiley and the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros.